0: I'm going to mention the names of five companies. I would like for you to come up with the best business philosopher for each of these companies. Ready? Here we go. Microsoft, Apple, Mary Kay, Amazon, and Disney. Do you have your answers? Great. Now, before we get to the answers, let me ask you this. Do you run a business, manage a team, or lead an organization that depends so much on your daily involvement, that if you stepped away from it for a few weeks or for a few months, it would begin to fall apart. In other words, your business organization or your team is not self-sustainable without your daily hands-on leadership. If building a resilient organization that is not dependent on you is important to you, stick around because I have some good news for you. In the first episode of this podcast, I want to share with you an important mind shift and some actions you can take that will allow you to lay the foundation for an organization that is highly performing, but is also self-empowered, self-perpetuating, and scalable for generations to come. This is the Business Philosopher Within a new Podcast, and I'm your host, Bhavesh Naik. The best business philosophers for the companies I mentioned before, I think, my opinion, are these. Ready? Here we go. Microsoft, Bill Gates. Apple, Steve Jobs, Mary Kay, Mary Kay Ash, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, and Disney, Walt Disney. That's right, the best business philosopher for each of these companies is also its founder. Now, you may disagree with me, and that's okay. These answers are up to your interpretation, so there really are no right or wrong answers. However, I hope you see the point I'm about to make. My point is this. There's a good chance that you didn't need to know what I meant by the term business philosopher, yet you probably thought about one or two names that I mentioned above. You were intuitively able to connect the idea of a business philosopher to the person who was at the heart of the company, especially when the company was young. Perhaps you had a strong reaction to the names of some of these founders. You probably don't like some of them and you may not agree with their business philosophy. You may not even see them as philosophers, at all. In fact, if you ask any of these leaders if they see themselves as business philosophers, most of them would probably say no. So why do I call these leaders the best business philosophers their businesses have? It's because they follow their own inner wisdom in developing their companies. Sure, they read books, they took classes, they went to college, some of them at least, and they listened to the gurus up to a point. But when push came to shove, They listened to themselves. They subordinated other people's philosophy, other people's thinking, to their own inner wisdom. They had more faith, more trust in their own inner wisdom than the business philosophies proposed by other people. For the most part, they didn't follow the commonly accepted business wisdom. They followed their own inner business philosopher. A fun fact, four of the five people I mentioned above didn't graduate college. Does that have something to do with why they were so successful in building their companies? Something for you to think about. Let me know in the comments why so many successful business organizations are built by people who don't graduate college. You must be thinking, what does a philosopher have anything to do with business? I mean, aren't philosophers the ones who sit on a couch, drink wine, and think about the meaning of life? Well, that's partially true. But I think there's a bit more to this, so bear with me. Let's think about what it means to be a philosopher and it, what it means to be a business philosopher. A philosopher does his or her own independent thinking. But what's more important is what they think about. They think about human condition. So a philosopher does two things they do their own independent thinking and they think about human condition. A business philosopher takes this whole thing to a different level, they make this philosophy practical. They bring these pie-in-the-sky ideas to the earth and make them applicable to our lives in some way. They bring it to you and me as solutions to our problems in the forms of products and services. If they did not understand our human condition, our human problems, in some way, they would not be able to design and deliver products and services that we would buy. They also apply this same understanding of human condition in a very important way. They built organizations of people who will do what needs to be done to make their vision of the solution a reality in the marketplace in a sustainable and profitable way. Steve Jobs, love him or hate him, didn't just build an iPhone. He built an organization of people that makes iPhones. He didn't just make animated movies with Pixar. He created a culture of people who made those movies, even when he was not directly involved in making them. A business philosopher, is a practical philosopher. So, let's put it all together. A business philosopher does three things. They do their own independent, original, authentic thinking. They think about human condition, and they build human organizations that bring to the marketplace practical solutions to our human problems with their products and services. Now, you must be asking, why is it so important to call these business founders and leaders business philosophers? Why are we splitting hair here? Well, because they were able to do something that many businesses would also like to do. They built organizations that stood the test of time. The organizations they built are resilient and are designed to outlive them. If these founders are still around, you can make a safe bet that the organizations that they built will continue to thrive long after they're not on this planet. By the way, I picked these names only to make a point. They are well-known companies that most of us are familiar with. But there are smaller companies that I have personally worked with. 10, 20, 50, 200, 500 employee companies that are just as resilient, if not more. Many of these founders have no desire to take their company public or watch their companies grow into mega billion dollar corporations. They just want to build long lasting businesses that can grow without them staying involved in their daily operations so that the success of the company is not reliant on them. Even if they do exit the company, perhaps by selling it, passing it on to the next generation, or taking it public, they have the satisfaction of creating a culture that will outlive them even as they step back from its active operations. I'll tell you from my personal experience in working with such leaders, most of these leaders do not ever want to retire. They want to stay active and involved as long as they can. In that case, they give themselves the permission, the freedom to take on a more hands-off role in the organization. So then they manage from a broader perspective and do higher levels of thinking. In fact, if you've built a successful business organization, I bet that you already used your own wisdom in some degree to manage your people and grow your business. The business philosopher I'm talking about is already there within you. You already are your own best business philosopher. And here's the kicker, even if you think you're not. If cultivating a self-sustaining organization that thrives for generations to come is important to you, and if you're open to tapping into your own inner wisdom, your inner business philosopher to get there, there are three things you can do. Number one, seek insights, ideas, strategies, and tools that allow you to deepen your connection to your core, your essential being, your inner well of wisdom and inspiration. Also leave some room in your calendar to allow time for some self-reflection. Number two, consider a diversity of perspectives from people with different disciplines and backgrounds. This is going to sound contradictory. If I'm trying to develop confidence in my own inner wisdom, how does it help? to pursue other people's perspectives. Isn't that just a way to get confused? Well, look at it this way. The more confidence we have in our own inner wisdom, the more we can entertain other people's perspectives. Just because I'm my own best business philosopher does not mean that I'm closed off to other people's points of view. In fact, the more confident we are in our own inner wisdom, the more open we'll be to different angles, to different ways of looking at things. One of the best ways to learn and grow is through different perspectives and viewpoints. And one of the best ways to be able to entertain such viewpoints with an open mind is to be anchored deep into our own inner wisdom. Number three, avoid being your own echo chamber. Avoid developing your business philosophy in a vacuum. Engage in a dialogue, share your perspective with others, and listen to others' ideas with an open mind. What if there was a place, a platform, that enables you to do these three things? This podcast is that place. There is a business philosopher within you waiting to be unleashed. This podcast is about nurturing that business philosopher in you so that you can build a long-lasting, high-performing organization that outlives you. We are here for these three things. Number one, we explore perspectives, ideas, strategies, and tools to help you help us to become our own best business philosophers so that we can build resilient organizations that stand the test of time. I have some ideas that I'll offer, like I'm doing right now, but you have your own perspective and your own ideas. In case you want to share them, I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to follow. We'll also have conversations with guests who'll help us dig deep into our own well of wisdom and build self-sustaining organizations. Some of these guests will be leaders who have built successful organizations and are willing to share their business philosophies with us. Others will be experts and authorities who will help us tap into the core of our essence and bring out our inner business philosopher. Number two, we are a platform to exchange ideas with others, form opinions, and have them challenged so that we can offer and gain insights on building high-performing, self-sustaining businesses and organizations. Number three, we are a community of like-minded business leaders and professionals with whom we engage and develop ongoing relationships. Are you a brainy boss working in a brainy business? Let me clarify my question. A brainy business is a company that employs creative talent, professional expertise, and intangible human factors that cannot be replicated by machines. Algorithms and artificial intelligence. If you fit this definition, if you are a brainy boss or work in a brainy business, this podcast is for you. Listen, maybe this stuff is too heavy, too heady, and it's not your cup of tea. I respect that. Maybe you like the status quo and it's working for you. I'm okay with that too. But if some of what I bring to you here resonates with you, perhaps you want to stick around a bit, follow this podcast, and tune in often. Perhaps you want to hear more explore ideas, ask questions, and join the conversation. If you do, I'll be thrilled to connect with you and get to know you better. Please follow the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Thank you for tuning in.